The podcast is back. The podcast is back. The podcast is back. Welcome to Just Another Why Guys podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Happy to have you along for the ride one more time. Well, we're back with another fresh episode, and I'm excited for you guys to hear the conversation I had with my good friend Jared Mann. Uh, Jared and I met while Jared was a drummer in a cover band uh, at a couple of the local uh, places that we would hang out in Bartlesville, and uh, we went around and watched them play at a def- bunch of different places and always had a really good time. We uh, hit it off because uh, we have uh, a bunch of similar interests. We both love sports. We both love pro wrestling. Um, we we just have had I've always had a really good time when we hung out, and uh, we've we've kind of circled each other to do this podcast a, a couple different times, and uh, it worked out to catch up and uh, have that conversation. Um, and so we uh, ran the recorder, and uh, you guys are going to get to check that out here in just a couple minutes. Before we get to the interview, I wanted to uh, do a couple uh, housekeeping notes here. I want to apologize for the uh, the sound quality on uh, a couple of the episodes uh, that we've done. I uh, just realized uh, when I finished uh, the conversation with Rod from last week that uh, the Skype settings uh, had defaulted to the old settings when I got my new computer. So... The microphone that I have set up to record on uh, was not the microphone that was being used. It was the internal microphone on my computer. So that's why it was more echoey and and that sort of stuff. So I just want to apologize. I have that fixed now. So hopefully the audio quality is a lot better. Um, Yeah, so that was a a whiff on my part. And... uh, as always, if you want to uh, contact the show, if you have any questions or comments, um, please feel free to send me an email. It's uh, jogpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Dustin P. Jones, at, uh, uh, on Twitter, yeah, uh, jogpod on Twitter as well. Both of those ways you can get a hold of me. We are seeing our numbers continue to grow uh, on the podcast, so thank you to everyone that's uh, been sharing the show and, and, and getting the content out there. Uh, it's a lot of fun knowing that more and more people are listening to the show. So with that uh, being said, without further ado, let's get to this week's episode and let's go jogging. you guys i'm super excited for this episode of just another white guys podcast i i love music i've loved music for as long as i can remember my favorite drummer on the planet is uh not even a drummer really anymore it's dave Grohl. dave Grohl is one of the most amazing drummers on the planet and he's not even a drummer anymore but i will tell you this i am very lucky today to have my second favorite drummer on the fucking planet on this podcast. I am so lucky. I've heard this dude drum in person. 
I love it. You can fucking talk about your Neil Peart's, your fucking Taylor Hawkins. You can talk about any other fucking drummer in the world. But you know who I love? It's this motherfucker. And this guy is on my podcast. He, he's, he, he's not Dave Grohl, but he is number one in my heart other than Dave Grohl. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Jared Mann. Jared, what's up, brother? Hey, man. What's going on? I'm glad I'm the number two in your heart, buddy. I mean, other than Dave Grohl, I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty good list. Being second yeah. to Dave Grohl, that's a good list, right? That is pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm I'm sure I'm second, third, and fourth, and fifth to guys that are way worse. You could have said your favorite was Tommy Lee, then we'd have had some problems if I was second to Tommy Lee. No, you'll never be you'll never be second to Tommy Lee in every anything in my life. Nothing. Yeah. I'm, I'm even. I'm even giving you number one over Tommy Lee in a category that I'm not going to talk about, but that it's a category that a lot of us have seen video of. I don't care that I've seen video evidence of other things. I'm still giving you number one over Tommy Lee. Awesome man, I love you. Thank that's, you. That's the. That's the. That's the. Uh, that's the love and the respect that I have for you. Not many people do. Not many people do these days. <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, Jared is a uh, drummer in a band. Um, it used to be. I, I you is it in the past? Are we talking yeah, past no, tense? There's, there's no, no more, more another, another alibi, alibi, right? Just for Jesse Joyce now. So just for Jesse, which mm-hmm. is uh, still still fantastic, but uh, yeah. formerly of another alibi, which is a band that I would. You know, travel the the Tulsa circuit. I would go to Bartlesville, the casino, the bar downtown. We would go to the casino in Tulsa to see Jared. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I love his drumming talents, but his ability to deep throw a bottle of beer is something that can't be matched <laughs> by really anyone. <laughs> yep, you know that's 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 up there, dude. If I can really shut down and ruin a whole crowd of people, if you want me to. You you ruin nothing, sir. I will. Yeah. I will say. I will say. I've had. I I wrote this. I wrote this on Jesse's Facebook because our Jesse is a Jesse is a talented musician. He just most he most recently dropped an EP that you can find on iTunes or uh, myself. I found it on Spotify. I believe you can buy it on CD Baby. Uh, just uh, look for Jesse Joyce. But I will tell you this. I love listening to you drum, man. It is Thanks, it is so it's so much fun. You have so much passion for drumming. Where did you find your passion for for playing the drums? Man, I think it started when I was uh my first memory of really getting into drums. I was uh staying at home with my sister. It had been like summer of probably like 88 or 89 and I saw a video from Metallica's One. I don't know why I remember this, but it goes to where Lars does the double bass part in the bridge. And that kind of, I think ever since then is when I wanted to start playing music. And I was growing up playing sports as a kid, but always kind of drifted towards playing drums. And then I got in sixth grade in percussion class. And the teacher finally convinced my parents, hey, he's pretty good, buy him a drum kit. And when they did that, I pretty much kind of quit all sports I was playing and just beat the hell out of those things every day. So, of course, people that have been paying attention to the news know that uh, recently, I think most people would consider Neil Peart the greatest or, like, tied for the greatest drummer of all time. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. And 
what what <laughs> impact what impact did a guy like that have on you? For me, he just he wasn't your basic one, two, three, four drummer or pop rock punk drummer. This guy was doing things out of the box. I mean, as far as like his drum kit, he had like a fifty piece drum kit, half acoustic, half electronic. You know, he'd hit a button and the drum kit would spin around him and then he'd start playing an electronic kit and vice versa. And the the music that Rush played, it wasn't cookie cutter stuff you hear on the radio. You're talking 10, 12 minute songs, instrumental songs, weird time signatures, the the drum chops, man. It's just, it's unreal. It's like they were kind of what tool was for our generation, but for, you know, the generation before they just, they did things out of the box. Yeah. And like, I am, I, I will freely admit, like I am very late to the party on rock and roll. Like I, when I, so I was born in 1980 in when I was in my teenage when I was in my teenage years, I was listening to shit like Boys to Men. I was listening to Tupac. I was listening to Biggie. I was listening to Snoop. I didn't really listen to rock and roll. Like I missed the whole '90s grunge thing. I missed mm-hmm. all that, even though all that was happening when I was a teenager. There was tons of. The, I'm from a real small school, but there was like a, a percentage of kids that were listening to that type of music, and I missed out on all of that. But like now, I'm listening to like 90s grunge and stuff like that and and I'm appreciating all that music but like Neil Peart and Rush like predated all that and influenced so many of those people like if you're a person that just knows Neil Peart and doesn't really know much about his music like what should you listen to from him uh moving pictures is probably the easiest listen for people that are just getting into Rush that has all your the radio friendly stuff it's got uh, Tom Sawyer's on that. Uh, there's a like Red Barchetta's on that. I mean, the whole the whole record is front to back great. I would suggest Moving Pictures. Fantastic. And I know someone tweeted about um, the the tweet was I was in the truck with my son and he asked me to play Twenty One Twelve again because he thought it was really cool. And it was mm-hmm. like a, a guy my age with his like twelve year old son asking him to play twenty one twelve. That that seems like it. That's a pretty big deal for for people that were into Rush. Oh yeah, especially that song. That's instrumental, and that's just craziness of a length of a song and parts to to get into. That's when you conquer that one as a musician, especially a drummer. You've definitely moved up uh, the ladder in your musicianship, and then you. <laughs> You go on to other epic songs. Uh, like, you love Dave Grohl, man. Um, I don't know if you've seen when they did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but Dave and Taylor inducted them into it. Right. And they they do, like, a really good speech of just all the crap they grew up on and why they got into Rush, and they go down the list, man. It's, like you said, they're, they've inspired basically everybody we grew up listening to. So you said you basically got into high school, realized that uh, you were a pretty decent drummer and you put sports aside and everything like that and started playing music. Did you have like ambition to like be a professional drummer or what was your goal? Or were you just like, Hey, I'm, I'm having fun with this. I'm just going to keep rolling. Oh no, definitely. I wanted to be a rock star, man. I wanted to hit the road and do the tour bus thing and never look back. That that was the goal. But uh, that's a, 
you know how that dream goes, man. It's tough. Music business is, she's an evil woman. I will tell you this. You're a rock star to me. Like oh, thanks, I, dude. Like, I, I, I talked about you being my second favorite drummer. But, like, that's seriously, like, I've been, I've been in the room and watched you play drums, and I'm just like, I don't understand how someone is that good at that. Like, because I, I played drums in, like, fourth and fifth grade. And, like, I mm-hmm. could kind of play along with the beat and, like, whatever. And I had a little snare that I played. But, like, I sucked at it. Like, I was barely good <laughs> enough to be in the shitty band at my tiny little school. And yeah. so I, I'm a person that, of course, you know my wife. You know that mm-hmm. she's a pretty talented vocalist, and you've you've heard some some of the stuff that she's done. And I just have such an admiration for people with musical ability. And you you just go out. What what makes you continue to go? Even though you didn't achieve your dream of getting out on a tour bus and going out and doing that thing, you you keep going out and doing and playing on weekends. Is it just you love music so much? Is that why you keep doing it? Oh yeah, it's a it's a combination. I love doing it, and number two, the money's good doing doing the stuff that we're doing. Right. Um, you can make pretty good living just doing the cover band thing. Which with Jesse, we do like we common we combo it. We'll do these casinos. We'll throw in now two or three originals a set, and then uh, we do shows where it's just all original sets opening up for big acts. And those are the those are the one that still get you feeling like you're freaking 18 years old again man when there was, you're playing like a sold out canes or something like that and doing nothing but doing your own music it's such it's such a great thing and now you and i fuck how long have we so it's 2020 you and i have known each other what since like 2014 i bet what is it was it earlier than that 12 maybe, or 13 maybe. i want to say i, I mean because I we met you through Michelle and all those all those cats, right? Yeah, 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 something like that. We just started so popping I, up in places. Yeah, I bet it was. I bet it was thirteen or fourteen. You might be right with fourteen. Yeah. And it's just I I find it so refreshing to just watch people play music. I don't care that it's cover songs. I just it always felt like even when it was another alibi, it just felt like you guys were just having a good time, even though oh, yeah. you guys, you, I mean, it, it's, you're just going out and having a blast. You're getting to play music. It might not be your own music, but it's music that you guys love. It's, it's sets that you guys are putting together. It's like you guys mm-hmm. get to pick the songs that you want to play. What's the process of the songs that you would choose? As far as cover band or original yeah. stuff, yeah, the cover. Well, stuff. the cover, the cover band thing, man. We've probably learned, God, man, over two hundred something songs. But like you've experienced, because you saw us for a while, sure. we end up going back to the same freaking crap every show. Right, you know, it's the same same stuff because that's what works with with that crowd. They want the the dance stuff, so we'll pick a song, we'll run with it for a couple gigs, and if it doesn't get a good reaction, people just like we farted up the room or something, we'll just throw it to the side. Typically, like with the '90s stuff, you want to do the pop rock. That that does really well. I right. do that. My own worst enemy, lit that kind of crap, and then uh, we do the stupid Bruno Mars and <laughs> play that funky music, White Boy and uh, Garth Brooks. You know all the typical crap that all the 
is it, like is it is it tough for you when you're like we're gonna put together the set but you look at it and you're like i really have to fucking play this song do you, do you get in that do you get into that dude, vibe dude i think all of us are like that at some points you know there will be playing a gig and uh jesse a lot of time he does crap that makes me him and ted they do things that we'll be playing a song and we'll probably be playing like pour some sugar on me for the hundredth damn time. And Jesse will turn around with like rolling his eyes and just basically like kill me, you know, putting the gun up to his head, that kind of crap. Yeah. But I mean, it fills the dance floor out. So I, I, I guarantee you it's like that for major acts when they're having to play. Don't stop believing every freaking show for the last 40 years, you know, for journey. I, I sure they experienced the same crap. So I've, I've watched you play, I've watched you play bars. I've watched you play casinos. I don't think I don't think I've ever been to a show where like you. I don't think I ever went to a show where you open at Canes or anything like that. What's your favorite yeah. kind of gig to play? That uh, playing with a, a bigger venue, uh, all originals. You know, for like a if, like sold out crowd like Canes, being able to do your own stuff. I have to imagine that's just the a rush like no pun intended like rush but like just a rush <laughs> yeah. that you can't even believe Nah, man and, and like the first time you get one of those gigs it's it's like a drug i mean i can only imagine playing arenas like some of these dudes do it's right and then having to come back down to the real world like i know some guys that aren't doing that but have done that and then come back and you're playing freaking elephant run or something in tulsa you know what i mean <laughs> right like, yeah exactly welcome back to the real world yeah because like i i love canes like one of my most favorite parts of having lived in oklahoma was going to see shows in canes mm-hmm. and i was fortunate enough to be friendly with uh, a drummer for sarah Borellis, and he invited us to come back in the green room and I was just like, I, I had been to a bunch of shows at Canes, and like I thought the green room was like just behind the stage, but like you got to go like outside and back. There's like a whole thing, and I was like, this is just the coolest shit ever. Like, oh yeah, that's the Canes has that whole building out behind it. Yeah, it was just like the most. I was like, fuck, like I want to be <laughs> cool enough to, I like I want to be a, I want to be a fucking rock star. Yeah, yeah, we all do, man. We all do. I think it was a lot easier back in the day. It's still really tough, but with the way music is now and uh, the internet and everything, dude, it's just, you talk about banging your head against a wall. Right. Well, I know that you, I know that you have to be excited that I'm returning to Oklahoma just to see you. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. There'll, there'll be some bread beverages. There'll be plenty of beverages. Are you, are you still drinking Coors Light? What are you drinking these days? Nah, that's 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 the old that's the old stuff. That's, I don't think I ever did, did drink Coors Light. I, at least at the bars, it was Coors Original. Oh, I mean, Coors! Come on. So, I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, like uh, the drumming beer is you know Dos Equis. That's like Gatorade beer. Oh, but, okay. I mean, if I'm going to drink a beer, I'm I'm still you know I'm going to my Boston roots, dude. Sam Adams all the way. Well, what time? What time are you going to get to the casino on Bartlesville? Uh, I'll probably get there right at seven thirty. Seven thirty. All right, I will be there yep. at seven thirty. We'll get your drum set up and we'll start drinking then. 
Sounds good, man. That I Sounds mean, good. I don't I don't know what I I feel like we have some catching up to do. Oh, we do. Plenty of talk, man. It's that's why I mean you hit it off so well because one of the first times we actually sat down and had real talk at one of those bars, we first thing we started talking about was probably uh, wrestling. Old school uh, 100%, wrestling. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Let's, so you have been, you, so you've done shows at Canes, you've done shows at casinos, you've done. What's what's some of the crazy shit that you see? Like, do you? Because I, I mean, I can I know from experience that like you get dumb shits that want to get up on the stage and try to like act like they're in the band. I can tell you, yeah. I know that because I've done that. I tried to pretend <laughs> yeah. like I was Ryan or some shit, like I was part of the band and fucking whatever. But what's some of the shit that you see when you go like? Is it people like me that are trying to be in the band, or do you see other weird stuff that happens? Are you, uh, man, with the with the cover band stuff, uh, there's been some doozies over the years. Like, I know when I first got started playing another alibi, doing this, uh, the Cougars were really great. Yeah, I mean they, yeah, they would, man, it was. They'd come on stage and just start grabbing dudes' asses and everything else, pissing all the girlfriends off. You know how that goes. Well, Jesse uh, had Jesse had that long, flowing like tiger's mane of hair going on. Oh yeah, yep. That like oh, that yeah. the hair that he had was like a pussy magnet. <laughs> yeah. Like that, you just yep. can't help it. Like, and I mean, I can't lie. Like, I that hair was just. Not even just, uh, just in general, it was just magnetic. I mean, it's like that hair. And then he cut it for his wedding. And I was like, "What? Why are you cutting yeah. your hair, bro? That's like Samson cutting his hair." Yeah, I tried to talk him out of that because I used to have long hair too. And I was like, "Man, just hold on to it." Wait, you I think had he long? Got tired. He, you had long hair? Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, I had long hair. Back I wasn't around for that. No, nah, this I cut mine in like '08, but I had long hair from like. Oh four to oh eight or so. I had know, it. Long. I had. I had insurance man house selling Jared hair. Yeah, that's what you did. You had broken Jared. <laughs> so <laughs> that 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 does lead me to my next question. So you you have this whole playing drums, going doing gigs and stuff like that, and then you get married, and then you have a couple you have a couple kids, and your kids yep. are goddamn adorable. You post you. stuff on Facebook. You post stuff on Snapchat that I get to see. You're trying to do the right thing, teaching them metal, teaching them great uh-huh. stuff. How did having kids change you? Man, I don't, I don't know if it necessarily changed me. I think I, I always wanted to have kids, so it was kind of like a awesome. This is we're, we're doing this, but uh, it definitely lamed me out. I'll say that I got really lame when I had kids as far as being emo, you know, like, uh, I think I I almost tear up almost every other day telling them bye or something like that, you know, especially when they're real little, but as they get older, they, they become little, little buttholes, (laughs) (laughs) man. I, I love when you send me a Snapchat of teaching them metal or something like that. Is it just that, like, you know they're getting inundated with shit like Nickelodeon and PBS and stuff like that, and they're getting this weird poppy shit, but you want to make sure they know the classics? Is that what you're oh, trying to do? That's a, Yeah, dude. Damn. I mean, all the, like, my nephews who are in high school and 
in college or, or the, I got one that's a, I got one nephew that's a senior and I got one nephew that is in the Air Force. He's 21. And you go down there, iPods or see, I'm still saying iPods. You go down and have that shit anymore. But you go down their phone, it's it's nothing but you know rap and tech. There is no rock. It's just, right. so. I'm just teaching my kids the basics, brainwashing them, and they'll be the weird kids probably when they get older because nobody will know what the hell they're listening to. You know. Well, I know I know that your oldest is a badass because I've seen him on social media. He rocks out and then he puts on the football pads and then he just oh, runs man. he just runs roughshod over all these little kids. <laughs> He's just like, Give me yeah. the ball and I'm going to destroy you. Brady, yeah. Football is definitely his game. And he's a he's a sweet, quiet kid off the field. That's the funny part. That's why it blows me away. It, he is as aggressive as he is on the football field. And you'd be proud of him too, because he's a Seahawks fan now. I don't know if yeah. I told you that. No, you did. You did tell me that. We we talked about that. It made me. It made me feel like he's my new favorite small <laughs> child. Like, yeah. I, there's not a lot of. So I don't have any kids of my own. Of course, you know that. But there's a lot of. I mean, I don't have like I'm not interested in having kids, but yeah. you you have Brady, who's a Seahawks fan, and then my uh, my best friend. Uh, Rod has his newly adopted son Messiah, who also started out as not liking the Seahawks, but now likes the Seahawks. Those are my two favorite kids because they 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 know what's up. They know who the greatest quarterback in in the NFL is, and that's of course Russell Wilson. Fuck Tom Brady. I, I can't disagree with you right now <laughs> on that. I really can't. <laughs> I mean, I will forever be indebted and in love with Tom Brady, but. He's not the greatest quarterback right now. Russell, if Russell had some guys around him, they'd be in the Super Bowl this year. He is that team. He's yeah, that good, I think. It's tough, you know. He's doing everything himself, man. I I'm I'm fortunate enough to I have, you know, I live in Houston, so I have a lot of people that are Texans fans. I have a lot of people that are Cowboys fans. And uh my supervisor's supervisor stopped by uh, my desk earlier this week and uh he said how you doing and I said you know I'm good you know and and I could see that little twinkle in his eye because he wanted to talk shit to me about the Seahawks losing and uh-huh. uh be, he's a Cowboys fan and I was like I'm I'm good you know I've I've won a Super Bowl this century how about you <laughs> and <laughs> and he was he he tried to come back at me and I was like I've been to three Super Bowls I've won one sure we could have won I mean realistically the Seahawks should have three Super Bowls this century they got jobbed by the referees in the Super Bowl against the Steelers they called a terrible play against the Patriots hats off yep. hats off to your team for winning that should have been our Super Bowl. I, but, that's you why know. Pete Carroll's my second favorite coach, man. Hey, you know that's fair. I I, yeah. I I understand that. As a as a diehard Patriots fan, you've you've had a lot of enjoyable experiences in the NFL these last twenty years. And Brady, oh, yeah, I'll, it, yeah but, over twenty years, I'll go back to the Bledsoe era, man. It was it was good then. For it sure, it wasn't as good as it is, but it was we we were okay. And Brady has embraced. The beautiful neon colors of the Seahawks, which mm-hmm. is which is probably the best for him. And first, before we get into that, can I just say, 
Brady's haircuts are way better than you or I. He has gr- <laughs> fantastic hair. Yep. I I wish that I could be as cool as your son, but I'm not. Yep. I, don't, I don't have any yeah. hope of that. Yo, Brady and Sawyer, they both uh, they both pretty sharp, man. So I'm, a, I'm assuming Sawyer's, they get I'm assuming they get that from your wife. Totally, it ain't from me. I was a dirty Indian <laughs> growing up. It ain't from me at all. <laughs> but but you you have you tried to get Brady to be a Patriots fan, and you lost him to the neon green yep. of the Seahawks. Oh yeah, he we play Madden, dude, and uh, he was a your stupid freaking color rush jerseys that he just fell in love with the all green uniform you guys have it's the best, and it's it's all over, man. He he likes and he likes Russell Wilson. You show him highlights, he. He's like, wow, that's what a mobile quarterback looks like. That's awesome, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but realistically, you're you're allowing him to not feel the pain of the downward spiral spiral of the Patriots, because that's exactly like unless, but and I'm not saying that Belichick couldn't do this, but unless Belichick pulls a rabbit out of the hat, there's a pretty strong likelihood that. The Patriots are on the downside of what has. No one can take away what they have done. Like I have no. utmost respect for Belichick and Brady and what they have accomplished the last twenty years. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But there's a real argument to be made that none of that is going to happen again. Right. Yeah, it's the first time in probably a decade where I'll believe the talk of that. You know, for years it's been said. It's been, I think, I got a buddy that's a Dolphins fan, and he's been telling me since, you know, 09 or basically every year, hey, this could be Brady's last year. <laughs> you know, I've been hearing that. But uh, no, this year I think, man, I think there's an 80 or 90% chance of, uh, might not be that high of him not being in New England next year. I'll buy into it. I know Belichick was a big part of this uh, NFL 100 thing that they had going on. And he genuinely seemed excited talking about the history of the NFL. Do you do you think that he's the coach for the future of this Patriots team? Yeah, I think he'll be there for a couple more years. If uh, people want to say there's a divide between him and Belichick, but I think it's. I think they they have to know in the back of their minds, neither one of them could have done without the other. I. They for sure would have to give one more go at it, if, but they need to spend some freaking money at wide receiver. There's no point in Brady sticking around if you're not going to do that. You yeah. can't have Edelman being your number one. We saw that this year, and that offense was terrible, man. It was awful. terrible. I, I genuinely believe that Belichick was ready to like. If you look at Belichick's track record, he sells a year before versus selling a year late. I -hmm. genuinely believe he was ready to move away from Tom Brady and craft Jimmy G and and craft refused to let him go to Jimmy G. Yep. I'll, I totally believe that that whole trade scenario. That was a, that was a Tom Brady, Robert Kraft move. Because if you look at what he got for Jimmy G, it's peanuts. Yep. Oh, yeah. And 
to look at where Jimmy G's at, I mean, Jim, there's a there is a very realistic possibility that Jimmy Garoppolo plays in the Super Bowl this year. I yeah, I think it's I think that's what's going to happen. There are a ton of people talking about Aaron Rodgers and all this sort of stuff, but if you look at every single time people have talked about the 49ers being out of it and not being a, a, a viable contender, they have beaten the team that people thought that they shouldn't beat. Oh, and yeah, definitely. I think, it's, I think it's a very real possibility that the 49ers play in the Super Bowl this year. I'm going Niners Chiefs. I think the Titans' run is over. I, I don't know how they can keep up. Ryan freaking Tannehill throwing for 80 yards and rush for 200 and winning these games, man. I think the Chiefs got too much firepower for them. They're too yeah. fast. Plus, you uh, you have your most legendary moment of all time in, in uh, Arrowhead Stadium, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you know about that. Yeah. Of course I do. Of course I know about the fact that <laughs> – you're a Patriots fan, and you decided to go down to fucking Arrowhead, and they got demolished. And you, you were on ESPN with your head in your hands, looking like someone ripped out your heart. I was, I was that pathetic piece of shit fan they zoomed in on, and the sea of red. And me and my wife, my wife's a Chiefs fan, so we went up there and did all that, and she's having a great time. And I, yeah, that was me, awful. I don't think I've ever gotten as many notifications on my Facebook as that night, dude. It was just nonstop. I I, I wasn't even watching, and I just heard about it. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, they yeah. zoomed in on, like, Jared just happened to be there and just being crushed? <laughs> yep. They benched Brady that night. That was the year we went on. That's the night that Jimmy G came in, looked amazing, and everyone yep. started asking Belichick if Jimmy G was the next guy, and he said, "On to Cincinnati." Yeah, and we won three Super Bowls with you know after one two with Jimmy on the team, and then one with him out without him. It really, so it's, you know, it it really is quite something. Yeah, should have beat the Eagles. Yeah, a hundred percent. What was it being? <laughs> yeah. What was it like being in that stadium that night? That arrowhead? Yeah. Oh, terrible. It it made me hate the Kansas City Chiefs that much. <laughs> like I never really cared one way or the other about them, but dude I mean every every Camaro head dude just coming up to me. I mean, I was I was taking a piss and had three of them put their arms around me, you know, saying, Oh, we're sorry for you, no or not, fuck you, all this kind of bullshit. You know how that you've been in NFL games with other fans. It's yeah. just these man, these you know adults. They turn into like teenagers again, and it's like the it's the place you don't want to take your. If you have small children, you don't take them to NFL games, no, man. No, it's uh, terrible. Although I will say, my most recent NFL game was the uh, Seahawks versus Vikings, coldest game of all time, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Blair Walsh shanked the field goal for the Seahawks to win and advance. So yeah. for me that was fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've I've never heard a stadium so loud and get so quiet so quickly. It was <laughs> it was fantastic. My, I would have 
my, I would have paid good, good money to be up at that Minnesota game a couple years ago for the walk-off. That, yeah. That's one of my favorite memories of football ever. I'm not even a fan of the Vikings, man, but that was nuts. My uh, my wife uh, caused not only the Vikings to lose by Blair Walsh shanking the field goal, but she also caused uh, the Minnesota Wild uh, hockey coach to get fired because she brought her uh, negative juju socks within <laughs> eyesight of the uh, hockey arena. And then, yeah, uh, yeah because th- that was one of the worst nights ever because Blair Walsh shanked the field goal and we went back to our hotel room and then went across the street to the hockey arena and watched the hockey game. And the uh, the Wild lost 2-1 to one and started a 13-game uh, losing streak, which cost our coach the job. And uh, mm-hmm. that's all my wife's fault. <laughs> Everybody has some superstitions, man. Everybody does. <laughs> she, with she, teams. She, still, she still is unwilling to take the blame for that loss, but it's all her fault. <laughs> <laughs> She's, I forgot uh, you were a Minnesota North Stars fan, Mike Madonna. No, no, I didn't even know the North Stars. So, oh, you didn't? No, 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 okay. no. I didn't even know. I did. I mean, I knew about hockey, but my love of hockey started um, when I moved back to Minnesota and I took an internship with the local radio station and was tasked to cover uh one of the wild games and I got to sit up in the press box and watch the game from that high level where I could mm-hmm. watch the flow of the game. And I started to understand how everything worked. And that's where I started to, started to develop my love of hockey was, was at that point. So that's why Minnesota Wilders is, is, is my team. Fuck the North stars. Cause they are in <laughs> Dallas. Fuck them. Yeah. I, um, I've gone to Dallas and watched the Wild play a couple of times, and uh, the Stars fans uh, are assholes, and fuck them, because they yeah. uh, stole their team from uh, the rival owners, and yeah. uh, that's 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 a tragedy, but, uh, yep. you know, you do what you can, right? Oh, yeah. And, of course, you, you understand uh, losing in important situations because you're an Oklahoma fan, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you like do you like did you like the professional segue i just did for you there does that make your heart yeah. happy oh man i i wouldn't I mean, we have perfected shitting down our pants that's what oklahoma has done you you and i went back and forth on twitter recently um you talked about uh oklahoma and, and their uh prospects uh in in the final four and I basically said, why don't Oklahoma and Notre Dame just play every year? Because they are the <laughs> yeah. two most overrated schools. And yep. then uh, they can just play each other and everyone else can just fuck off. Might be a good game. Or at least everyone laugh about it. But, yeah, it's every time you get in one of these games, I, I have no faith. I just, I just know, well, how are we going to embarrass ourselves this year? You know, because the Big 12 is a piece of crap. We know what it is. It's not a real conference. I, I hate the Big 12, man. I wish OU would have jumped to the pack a couple years ago or somehow go to the SEC. They get they get their ass stomped for a while, but I think they would catch up at some point. Yeah, because there was a point where there was conversations where OU and Oklahoma State would join the Pac-12 
And mm-hmm. it was crazy because I, at the time, was working at the radio station in Bartlesville and doing Oklahoma State football games. And I was like, those games are four and a half hours long. And if you put, if you move that to the West Coast... Nine o'clock game. You're, you're talking about a nine o'clock, a nine o'clock kickoff... And those games at ending at eleven thirty, maybe twelve thirty at night. That's just oh, insane. Least, yeah, at least twelve thirty for us. Because you, awesome, you, you look at you look you look at that you look at that you look at that national championship game this last week. I went to bed at halftime because right. I had to get up at four fifteen in the morning. I went to bed at halftime. It was nine forty. Yeah, for a game That's that kicked for a game that kicked off at seven twenty. Yep, it's, it's just insane. College needs to go towards the NFL. You know, they they need to just do all the NFL rules, clock rules. You know, just do it. They're, those guys are almost there anyway. Speed up the freaking game. It's terrible. How how amaz- I, how amazing was LSU this year? I know a lot of people wanted to say that they thought Clemson had a chance. I never once believed that Clemson would stay within the touchdown of that team. LSU just whooped everyone's ass. They did, and when Clemson was up ten on them, I thought, "Oh, here we go, man!" Because I was I was riding that Clemson train. You know, they haven't lost in almost two years. I wanted to tell myself that LSU was not as good as everyone was saying they were, but no, man, that's that Joe Burrow, dude. That guy can drop some freaking dimes. I he throws a pretty ball that I'll take Randy Moss's son any day. Give him, give him to us. I'd love to have him. That that would be tremendous having uh, Randy oh. Moss's kid in the Patriots uniform. Yep, give us Thaddeus, dude. We'll take him. Where uh, do you think Tom Brady comes back to the Patriots this year? Man, because I re- I Ugh. really see I see I see two options. I see either Tom Brady comes back to the Patriots and they run it back one more year, or Tom Brady goes to the L.A. Chargers. I don't see any I, other options. I see him coming back. I I just the, everyone keeps talking about this Chargers stuff, and I just. I know they got receivers and crap, but they don't have an offensive line, and they're they're the Los Angeles, they're the Chargers. I, no, I don't. Brady, I, I don't think it's a great idea for him to go there, but I think it's like, yeah. hey, we'll pay you a bunch of money because we need someone that's going to sell, sell tickets, tickets and sell seat licenses and put asses in seats. Because, like, yeah. if you look, if you watch the Chargers game or saw them on NFL Red Zone. Every single time they played in that stadium in Carson, it was the other team's fans that were there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, who is a Chargers fan in Southern California? Because they yeah. alienated everyone in San Diego by leaving, and when they moved to L.A., no one gives a shit. Yep. Yeah. And on the other hand, I, just, I don't see Brady as a guy that's going to chase money. No. He's such a... He's such a, I want to be, he wants another ring. So, I I mean, you look at it this year. They, If they'd had Gronk just standing in the middle of the field this year, just being a presence out there, I think they win more games. Yeah. You didn't have to catch a pass. I think Gronk is really what killed that team. Losing him, that killed that offense. Because he was such a presence out there. 
uh, blocking and receiving. Where did that mm-hmm. money go? Where did that money go? Gronks that they when they lost Gronk. Yeah, dude, I don't think they restructured Gilmore. I know they paid Gilmore pretty good, and uh, dude, I couldn't tell you. I mean, they had some money when they signed Brown. Maybe that's where some of it went when they signed Antonio Brown. Because it just it just doesn't make any sense to me that Mm-mm. they moved on from Gronk and he basically retired. I mean, not basically, he did retire. Like, yeah, they should have. He had waited someone- forever too to announce that. He kind of Gronk had a little bit to play on screwing the Patriots this year, and he could have he could have come out way earlier than he did. It it kind of felt like he was going to sign maybe late in the season. Like, what happened with that? Nah, he's he's totally done. It sucks. He was been, too, he, he was too busy. He was year. he was too busy spiking the uh, head of Lego. Um, <laughs> oh, <God. was> it? <laughs> Lego Steve Harvey. Now, man. Lego Steve Harvey. He Gronk spiked Lego Steve Harvey. Well, they keep talking about him getting in WWE. I'm waiting for that to happen. That, That's that always would be been tremendous. Rumors. Yeah. What uh are you are you watching wrestling these days? What's what's your uh what's your deal on wrestling? No, I I've tried tuning in a couple of times over the last couple of years and I hate it, dude. I just it is not I don't think it's a good product at all. No, it's terrible. So, I've <laughs> I've given up watching Raw. I've given up watching uh-huh. WE altogether. I stopped uh buying WWE network. However, I am deep into the AEW train. Yeah, I love those I guys. I love those guys. I love Kenny Omega. I love the Young Bucks. I love all that stuff. They they put on a product. It's two hours on Wednesday night. You can watch. The show is easy to watch. It's not always great, but it's it's generally fun to watch. And the good news is, they just were extended by TNT and Turner Media for an extension through 2023. So they're going to be on the show. They're going to be on the station for the long term. And it's just, it's an easy show to watch. It's not always the best show, but it's an easy show to watch. And if mm-hmm. you love wrestling, it's, it's just a fun show to watch. Well, doesn't Jim Ross have something to do with that? Yeah. He's the lead announcer. Yeah. There you go, man. And they just uh, they just announced uh, today as they're recording this on uh, what the fuck is today uh, Thursday, 16th. January sixteenth. They've uh, signed Taz to a multi year agreement to do broadcasting for them. And uh, say what you will about Taz, but he's a fantastic broadcaster, so I'm excited for that. And mm-hmm. uh, it's they're weird. They're an ECW chant for sure. It's weird to me because I live in Houston. WWE is bringing the Royal Rumble to Minute Maid Stadium. Just a couple of years ago, I drove to San Antonio to sit in the front row for the Royal Rumble. And Mm -hmm. the Royal Rumble is going to be in Houston in like a week and like a few days. And I have no desire to see it at all. Terrible. Do they still do surprise entrances? Like old old guys still I, coming there? Yeah, I think so. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah, it's how much are tickets to that? Like front, how much is a front row seat I don't, at Royal let's, Rumble? Let's let's take a look and see if we can even and even find that out. 
I know that yeah. when I went to see, I believe I paid like one fifty a seat for that. Man, when you compare that to what you pay to go to an NFL game, sit in the mid to nosebleed, that's a hell of a deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, so pretty sure I spent about almost four hundred bucks to sit kind of low at Gillette Stadium. Well, I went to the New Japan Ring of Honor show at Madison Square Garden in April of 2019, and I paid, I believe, two hundred dollars per seat, and I've never been happier with a purchase in my entire life. And I can't. Why the why the fuck is Ticketmaster not showing me these prices? <laughs> Come on, you mother effer! Minute, minute made park Royal Rumble. It would help if I was a little more sober for this. Well, it's a it's a bummer. I always tell people I should have been born a little earlier. That way, I'd have been you know in my twenties during the Monday Night Wars or at least late teens. During for that sure. WCF, yeah, absolutely. WWF war, man. That would have been. Can you imagine the watch parties on Monday nights during all that? No, not at all. So let's <laughs> see. You can get a uh, floor floor four row A seat fourteen at Minute Maid Park is seven hundred dollars. Yeah, get out of here, dude. You uh, let's see. Uh, floor. Floor five, row C. Yeah, that's yeah, it's seven hundred dollars basically. No, and that's not even as close as I was for for uh, San Antonio. I definitely I mean, didn't. I definitely didn't pay seven hundred dollars a seat. Nick, do you remember what I paid now, for that like, show? Do what? I, I'm trying to remember what I paid for that show. It definitely wasn't $700 a seat. My no. wife would have bitch slapped me if I even considered <laughs> making that purchase. I mean, who the, who's the brand now? Who, who are they pushing? Who's their guy? Uh, So it's Seth Rollins. It's Brock and Roman. Really? Still yeah. Those? Those, I mean, those com- are- compare, com- compare those three. To what we came up with, you know, at uh, different times. Hell, The Rock, Stone Cold, Undertaker. Yeah, it's no, it's not a comparison at all. <laughs> yeah, man, I but, don't, I don't get it. But that's the that's the tough part. You and I grew up in an era where, so we lived through two major boom periods. So we lived mm-hmm. through the big '80s boom period, which was Hogan and Savage. And Macho you know, Man, Ultimate Warrior. Warrior, guys like that. We lived through all that, and then we had, then everything bottomed out, and it was terrible. And then '97, mm-hmm. we had DX and Taker, and then we had the rise of Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Undertaker, and the Nitro Boom period from TNT. We lived through all that. Yeah. Like there was so much good stuff, but we remember the good stuff. And we forget about so many terrible things that went on during that time. Yeah. So WCW <laughs> folds, Nitro goes away, and it's terrible. And WWE gets to live off of the amazing run of Rock and Austin. Like, you just don't get a business where you have so many 
charismatic people in it at one time and so many top level guys as the rock and austin like those guys like they are the peak peak it's like having like ruth babe ruth and like barry bonds in your lineup at the same time that shit just doesn't Mm -hmm. happen right and there there are so many of those dudes man I was. They were. Do you listen to any of those podcasts? Like what happened when with Tony Schiavone? Or uh... no, not so much. No, I mean, I'm I'm such a whore for my own podcast that like I can't listen to yeah. other people's because I wish other people guys. were listening to mine. <laughs> they listen to you. Uh, five hundred yeah, five hundred thousand people listen to Tony Schiavone and forty people <laughs> listen to mine. Now, like you know, I'm just trying to get by. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. You can kill a lot of time at work with old YouTube man. God bless YouTube. Yeah, everything down I mean, there with wrestling. There is a there is a four hour Ric Flair interview compilation on YouTube in high definition that has gotten me through more than one workday. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Damn, <laughs> I had no idea that existed. I'll, I'll send you the link. It is tremendous. <laughs> He is Rick Flair on the microphone is just amazing. Talking about yep. the biggest house on the biggest side of town, the ten thousand dollar watch, the four thousand dollar suit from Kansas City. Look at the shoes. Look at the suit. Look at the ladies who want to be with Rick Flair. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's so good, and it's so it's so far beyond what anyone is doing now. That you're just like dumbfounded. And the matches now are fantastic. Like, there are so many great wrestlers that people want to talk down about. And I love mm-hmm. I love Jim Cornette. And I love how he talks about the history of wrestling. But mm-hmm. he shits on the new wrestling like an old timer. Like he doesn't he's not willing to embrace the fact that not everything is 1986 Midnight Express. Yeah. Like, you lived in Oklahoma. You, I don't, did you get a chance to, did you watch Mid-South Wrestling? No, I didn't. It's a, that was a little bit before you, right? But, I mean. Yeah. Is that Mid, Bill Watts? Yeah, Bill Watts' pro, yeah. he would tape shows in Louisiana that would go into Tulsa and Oak City and Arkansas and all this sort of stuff, and he would do these shows that were, so much better than anything that Vince McMahon would put on TV. But, mm-hmm. like, that shit is t- 25 and 30 years old. And people that want to talk down about what's happening now, like, everything in the past is the past. Like, you have to embrace what people like now. And it's yeah. the same with, it's same with music. Like, Jesse could make a record that you played on that would have been fantastic in in 1993 but in mm-hmm. 2000 what are we Jesus Christ we're in 2020 2020 like, no one might like it but if right. he writes a record for 2020 that people love he could be a fucking superstar and you could play drums on that and it could be the biggest thing ever but like people like Jim Cornette want things to be like they were in 1993 and are not mm-hmm. willing to be like, these dudes in 2020 are doing the shit that people in 2020 like. Yeah, yep. Like, there are matches that I love from 19, 
89 and 1993 and 1997 and 2001 but i i understand the difference yeah like no my, man like, this man is the king like my favorite wrestler in the world right now is this dude named will osprey and i don't know if you know who will osprey is but if you need to like find out who the best wrestler in the world is go on youtube and watch some will osprey shit because that dude is amazing is he as good as la parka (laughs) wait are we talking about la parka or are we talking about la park are you talking about the dude that just died yeah yeah so okay so so here's the thing the dude that just died is not the guy that we know from wcw not the guy with the chair no, that's the two. They're two different guys. I thought, yeah, so I thought it was actually Laparca, man. So the guy that just died is Laparca, but that's Laparca of AAA after the dude that we know was Laparca. So the guy that we know as Laparca went to WCW and is still alive, and he wrestles as L.A. Park. Still wrestling? That guy that somewhere? guy is still alive and still a headliner. The dude that died, Laparka that died, was the guy that came after him in AAA because AAA still owned Laparka versus LA uh, okay. Park. So the LA guy Park. that we know I remember that name. The yeah. guy that we know as Laparka is still alive and still wrestling as LA Park. Gotcha. But I mean, it's not not to say that that guy. It's not sad that Laparka has has died. That's very sad. But it's it's interesting that that people are like, well, he died. No, I mean that's not the same guy. You know, it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. L A L A Park is like uh, he's still a legend. But I mean, if you got if you watch some of that guy's fucking matches recently, like. He can't go like he used to. to. Like he go, yeah, he can I'm, he can go for about three minutes, and then he's like, "Oh, that's right, I'm a big fat fuck who can't really do what I used to do." Yeah, a lot of those old guys they went down that road, started doing those house shows just to make money, like armories and crap. Man, it's depressing. You probably yeah. seen the videos of old Razor Ramon when he was really couldn't get off the bottle. Did for you ever sure. see that clip where they're carrying him into the ring? Yep. God, dude. Who who's your Just, favorite wrestler of all time? Man, you're gonna laugh at me. Um, of course. Does. That's why I want. That's why I want you to tell me so I can laugh at you. Bret Hart was my man. Why would I laugh at that? Bret's a legend. <laughs> Usually, people are like, "Really, Bret Hart?" I was like, "You didn't have no mic skills." I said, "I know, but it's excellent execution, man." I thought the hot pink and the black and the music, dude, is. His intro music is what got me when I was a kid. Like, that was my ringtone on my phone for sure. decades, dude, man. And I hated Shawn Michaels because of it. Oh, okay. Now we're going to fight. <laughs> we're going to fight over this. Yeah. I. So, I loved the Rockers tag team when I was a kid. Yeah. And for my 12th birthday... I got tickets to a WWF house show and I remember this very distinctly because I got the tickets for my birthday and I also got Jordans for my birthday. I got the uh, 1992 Jordans, the black with the red 
with the uh, with the tongue where you could slide the uh, the uh, laces holder, and they were. I don't know if kids do this now, but we used to get. I, I'm sure you, this probably happened to you, but you would get a pair of shoes for the school year. Like these are your new yep. school shoes. Like when you go back to school, these are your shoes. Yep. Don't screw them up. So I got Jordans. I got Jordans for my birthday, but they were my school shoes. So mm-hmm. my mom was like, "You can't wear these before school, except you can wear them to go to the wrestling show." And the uh, so this was in Portland, Oregon, and this was before the Rose Garden was built. So this was the Memorial Coliseum in downtown Portland. My dad pulls into a parking lot that is only supposed to be for people that work at the building or are part of the show. But my dad pulls in and he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm parking here. And as we're getting out of the truck, I see Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the greatest thing of all time. And I grab, my dad has like a little like uh, flip notebook thing that he takes notes in for his job. And I grab it and I grab a pen and I run over and I'm trying to get Marty Jannetty to sign, but he, he fucking goes in the building before I get the chance. But Sean is there, and I hand him the pen and the notebook. I'm please, 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 can I have an autograph? And my dad is like, he. Ca- my dad catches up, and he's like, he's he loves you. you. He thinks you're so great, and it's his birthday. Would you please give him an autograph? And Sean signs an autograph for me, and it says, "Happy birthday, Dustin, your best friend, Sean Michaels." And from that <laughs> point on, in my entire the rest of my life, Sean Michaels has been. My favorite wrestler until about 12 years ago. They, yeah. What happened 12 years ago? Well, what happened 12 years ago is I realized that Sean is not the greatest wrestler of all time. He's very fantastic, <laughs> and other, but I needed to be open to other possibilities. Mm-hmm. I watched old Ric Flair stuff, and I realized how amazing Ric Flair was, and I watched a bunch of other stuff. But here's the thing. like People, that are, a good worker, people that are listening to this are probably not going to give a fuck, but like... The best wrestling in the world is not in this country. The best no. wrestling the best wrestling in this world is in fucking Japan. Yep. And my favorite wrestler right now, I I have two of them. My two favorite wrestlers in the world right now are a dude named Will Ospreay and a dude named Kazuchika Okada. And mm-hmm. Okada is fucking amazing. I sat front row in Madison Square Garden and watched Okada fight Jay White for the IWGP heavyweight championship of the world. And like, I've been fortunate enough to see some pretty cool shit in my life, but I've never been happier than watching Okada win the belt from Jay White at Madison square garden. I jumped up and screamed like a fucking little girl. I was so happy that I got to see that happen. Okada is amazing. He throws the best drop kick that you'll ever see of anyone ever. It is so great. If people, if you even have a minuscule love of professional wrestling, you will go watch Okada matches and realize that everything that you've seen before in WWE is a lie, and Okada is the greatest <laughs> of all time. Yeah, I mean, most of those guys go to Japan. 
at some point. Yeah. Like, all the guys we grew up watching, they wrestled over there a ton, man, when they weren't doing house shows. Dude, if you had the time, I would that bring... Puerto Rico. If I had the time, I would bring Okada matches up to Oklahoma with me, and I would lock you in a room and make you watch Okada matches until you realized that he was the best ever. Yeah. But you don't have that kind of time because you have a wife and two kids and like a fucking music career that you're doing. But everything, like I don't, yep. I I don't have those things that that ruin my life. And I'm I can watch Okada <laughs> matches. That's right, dude. It it really was just an absolute blessing to go to Madison Square Garden and to watch those guys wrestle. It it was just so fantastic. Like yeah. Madison Square Garden is such an amazing place. I don't know. Have you ever been to New York? Never, dude. Never been to New York. That's how much of a loser I am. New York is so overwhelming, and I hated so much of it. But I loved Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I ever want to go back to New York ever in my entire life because it's New York and fuck New York. But like. <laughs> There were so many great things, and I went to see like a Broadway play and all that sort of stuff, and that was amazing. But like, it's just so overwhelming. And like, of course, you live in Bixby, Oklahoma, which is a suburb of Tulsa, and I lived on Bumfuck Bartlesville, and like, these are just. I'm from a super small town in Oregon, and all this sort of stuff. But uh, fucking New York City is overwhelming. Yeah, I'd hate it. I would totally hate it. I love I love the easy living that we're used to, man. Even going to Boston like I did, I was because that's so just compact in a small area. All those buildings, all those people. I'm like, yeah, I get stuck in traffic here for ten minutes, and it's an inconvenience. <laughs> and you're, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I know. I I live in Houston now, and it is. I get up. I leave my house at five fifteen in the morning. And there is traffic. Yeah, and it sucks. If you left, your, if you left your house in Bixby to go wherever you were going at five fifteen in the morning, oh, and you ran in, you ran into traffic. You would assume someone died. <laughs> yeah, uh, and if they died in a massive car wreck, that was exactly like five or six. You hours would ass- ago. you would assume that there was a news story that you would turn on and see how many people died because of right. this backup in Houston. Right. I leave at five fifteen in the morning, and the traffic backup is because someone didn't use their blinker. Yeah, it's pretty much traffic all day long there, ain't it? Yeah, I mean it really it really depends on where you're at, but it's traffic always. Yep, I mean it's my, brutal. I lived Tulsa my whole life, so I don't know any different. It's just easy here. I uh, I have. I don't have the best things to say of Oklahoma. And you've heard me say some terrible things about the state that you've lived in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, if if someone said you could live in Houston or you could live in Bartlesville, I would move to Bartlesville in a heartbeat. Yeah. But mostly that's because there would be the hope that you would come and play music that I would be able to see. There was there would be <laughs> yeah. the small there would be the small chance that there would be somewhere that I could go to watch Jared Mann play fucking drums. And go eat at Eggberts afterwards. Yes, Eggberts so good. <laughs> Even better, I'd be somewhere in Tulsa and go eat at uh, Savastano's. Yeah, that or 
dude, fat fillies at three or four in the morning. Oh, all right. Did you ever experience fat fillies when you lived here? No, I don't think so. Philly cheesesteaks, man. I'm it's, sexu- it's so good. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to be sexually aroused in this podcast, but now I'm sexually aroused. <laughs> That's it's probably the closest thing you can get to actually being in Philadelphia, too. Out of all the Philly cheesesteaks I've ever had, I mean, this thing, they do it right. It's nuts. No, I think the I think the only time that you and I have eaten food after a show was at the Bartlesville Casino when uh, Jesse's wife tried to sit down and missed the chair and uh, did an ass bump, and uh, that was yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was uh, that was pretty entertaining. There was the time when uh, you said that you were just going to sleep at our house, and my wife went to Walmart and bought a bunch of food, and then you guys uh, went home. Uh, that yeah. she wasn't super happy about, but um, it was great for us. <laughs> it was great for me because I had a bunch of like pizza. To, I had a bunch of food to eat later, so that was that was good for me. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> That's probably all, one of those game time decisions. Hey, you know how that goes. Hey, it's all good. So, uh, what what do you think? So, Oklahoma, of course, is going to lose to uh, uh this this uh, this season. And he's gonna go. What's uh? Let's get your predictions for you Oklahoma. Tua? Yeah, you're gonna lose Tua, right? Alabama is. Wait, didn't you have? Didn't you guys? Wait, oh no, you guys had Jalen Hurts. My bad. Yeah, we had Jalen Hurts. What's uh? Is Oklahoma gonna rebound? It's, everyone talked about how uh you know your coach from Oklahoma is gonna go to the Cowboys or whatever, but he's gonna stick around. Is that? Do you feel like that's gonna? Oh yeah, he ain't going nowhere. Is, he's do you, made it OU. Is that gonna lead to uh, positive things for Oklahoma? Their offense will always be good. Just really good defense, man. That new quarterback coming in, Spencer Rattler, he's the real deal. I I usually never put any stock into a new kid coming in, but. This guy is nuts. He's nuts good. If they, if they, all they got, if they can just tackle somebody and cover, that's, you know, it's OU though. They can't hit. They, so they're going to get it. Man. They're going to be in the top five, but come up short as always. There you go. There you go. And if uh, they're going to win a national championship, they're still about two or three years away. It ain't going to happen next year. And of course, uh, you're you're predicting the return of Tom Brady to New England. Yes. I am. And if he goes to another team, I just I don't know what I'll do with myself. <laughs> I really don't, man, seeing him in another uniform. The the only other team I would feel cool about him playing for is the is would be the Las Vegas Raiders. And then you are going to play Bartlesville Casino on the Friday before the Super Bowl. Is the That's plan right. to, is the plan to play at the casino and then go home that night? Is that what you're doing? That I don't know. We'll see. It's always it's always up in the air, you know. It's always, depending on the weather. If I've had too much Coca Cola in me or something, you know. Well, I will be I will be at the casino show. I'm coming just to see you. When I saw when I saw that on uh, Jesse's board, I was like, "Holy shit! I want to go see my friends." It's been almost a year since I've been in Bartlesville. The last yeah. time, the last time I went to Bartlesville, uh, the last time I went up to Oklahoma, I went had a really good time, and then uh, my sister died like five days later. So there's not a lot of positive uh, feelings I have about right. Oklahoma, but I'm going back to see my friends, um, and then uh, you know, we'll hug it out. 
Are you going to deep? Be nuts, man. Are you going to deep throat a uh, bottle uh, as uh, as usual? I'll do ten of them. Ten of them. Ten. Holy shit! Ten. Yeah, I mean this this calls this special occasion. Is we it? haven't played there in a few years, so they I don't know if they know what's coming for them, man. It's going right. to be nuts. Well, I'll be there. I'll be there with bells on. I can't wait to see you and uh, and Jesse. I don't. I don't really know everyone else. I, I don't know if I know everyone else in the band. Yeah, you don't know. You probably don't know Chad or Todd. So uh, we'll see what happens. I know that uh, I know that Ryan lives down here in Austin. I'm gonna maybe try to. I'm going to Austin in uh, February. Maybe I'll try to hook up with uh, with Ryan at that point. And uh, Pelzoni, yeah, you got a band down there. Pelzoni, I uh, you, I don't know what to do because I'm not gonna have anyone to argue conspiracy theories with when I uh, when I'm up in Bartlesville. Oh, I'll argue conspiracy theories with you all day. <laughs> I'm Mr. Conspiracy Theory. I'll listen to any one of them. I don't believe all of them, but I'll listen to any one of them. What's man. What's the weirdest shit that you heard Pelzoni say that you were like, "Oh, okay, I could, I could, I could understand that." Ah, oh, dude. There's been so many. There's there was one time he got real big into gold, like you know, right doing that and like after a show he had a more than enough beverages in him dude and he tried to set me down serious talking talking about stocking up all the guns and all the gold man because they're gonna come take everything away and i started pissing him off because i was like no you don't need that just you know the world we're gonna barter in pop tarts so just buy as much pop tarts as you can find and that's gonna be our currency but he's was, he was really trying to have a heart to heart with me like dude i'm looking out for you family he was just really oh, hammered that's so good <laughs> dude there's palazzoni is man he's so funny dude what is Every, he up what's he up to these days man he's he's living here in tulsa he's got that auto mechanic business he's got I forget how many kids he's got. Four or five. I think four. He's got four kids. He's uh, living life, man. Well, uh, if you talk to him, tell him I said hello. And uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Just Another Why Guys podcast. Make sure that you uh, check out the episode that will follow when we talk. I'm sure I'll be talking about what happened when I went to Oklahoma and saw the, what do we call, is it the Jesse Joyce band that you're a part of now? Is that what we're calling it? Yep. Just, just Jesse Joyce. Jesse Joyce band. will be talking about all of that and all the shenanigans that happen, uh, with that. But, uh, Jared, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me on this podcast it uh it was fantastic and if you want to plug uh where people can hear you or follow you on some social media go ahead and uh, tell the people what you got going on shoot man if you want to follow me on my uh on my instagram it's jared mandrums uh i have a homemaking channel on youtube where i bake cakes and what? uh girl scout co- oh no i'm just messing with you on that I'm, i was, I'm was not like, i would tune person. into that shit like you're gonna bake <laughs> fuck holy shit yeah no and uh no that's it dude all right everyone so cool. make sure you check out jared man drums on the instagram i will uh link anything else uh and important for you to uh check out in the description of this podcast But, Jared, thank you so much for taking some time to talk about all the great things that are going on in your life and uh, in the world of music and football. I always appreciate uh, having a conversation with you. 
everyone else that's listening, make sure that you're following me. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe uh, to uh, anything that I have going on. You can follow me on Twitter at Dustin P. Jones at JogPod to hear what's going on with the show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Another White Guys podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Always protect the five hole. Hey, Ty, who's your favorite person? Only Dustin. Fucking right. Too much. Oh, it hurt. Oh, it hurt. Too much. Too much. Oh, it's too big. It was too much. Dude, that was a good one. <laughs>